listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Joe O'Neill, Sam Hauser with you till 6 o'clock, and then it's Game 3 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll go to Miami for the Golden Knights-Panthers game, but in the meantime, it's not always national news when an athletic director steps down, but it always is when it's Notre Dame, and Jack Schwarbeck has stepped down at Notre Dame, and joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is Nick Shepkowski. He is with uh, the he is the managing editor of Irish Wire. We've had him on the show before. So uh, this decision, Nick, um, a real surprise to everybody, or could you guys kind of see it coming, Nick? Uh, yes and no. You knew that it was coming in the relatively short term. I don't know if you knew it was coming in this short of term. His, his deal was actually set to end at the end of the next academic school year, so roughly exactly a year from now. Instead, he's going to go through the end of the year into January, probably I would guess see through bowl season, and then fully be on board with uh, Pete Provacqua from NBC Sports. will be making the transition over. And so you knew that it was coming, but it's about six months earlier than anyone, most people probably expected. So uh, Schwarbrick has been at a uh, at Notre Dame since 2008, and things have changed dramatically uh, being an athletic director in 2008 compared to what it is now. Uh, and he's been able to navigate, you know, I mean, the, uh, the president of the university is very pleased with how he's navigated. Uh, do you think, you know, just the chaos that is going on, uh, you know, with transfer portals and NIL and all this stuff uh, maybe, maybe made him accelerate his decision? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that you're seeing a lot of that with, with whether it's college coaches. I think it affects the athletic directors. Uh, it's a job they got into in Swarbrick's case, and this is a lawyer that's from that has Indianapolis roots and established himself as a lawyer there in the 1980s and before getting in, eventually transitioning into the athletics role, athletic role. He had been considered for athletic department roles with the Indiana University, a couple other Midwest universities. And I think that I mean, you see it with the way that kind of Nick Saban's talking about NIL as well, as though it should be done away with. Players need to unionize this, that, the other. And you can tell that that's a guy, I think, that is that knows that he's probably close to the end of his coaching career. Otherwise, he wouldn't be saying such things. So I think that you see this, and that's why not that college coaches that go to the NFL have great success traditionally, but I think that that's why there's this more of a – I, more of, I guess, the the road is more open because it used to be, okay, well, yeah, the recruiting is tough, but you catch on at one of these places, you're there for life, and because of what NIL has done, because of what the transfer portal has done, because of all the changes to it, it's not the job that a lot of guys, whether it's an athletic director's role or a coaching role, it's not the job that a lot of guys thought that they were signing up for when they first started their careers. All right, well, part of a big part of this story is who's replacing uh, Jack, and that is Pete Bavacqua. And I'll tell you what, uh, Nick, you know, just has a, a, a really impressive resume. I mean, first of all, you know, he was an athlete himself, a three-sport athlete. Um, he attended Notre Dame. He was not a, 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 a an athlete at Notre Dame, but he's an, a Notre Dame grad. And Notre Dame he actually was a walk-on. Oh, he was. He I'm had, sorry. He didn't end up playing. Yeah. So in the late in the early '90s, under Lou Holtz, he was actually a walk-on. So, actually, that's right. A I, punter, right? 
Yeah. A walk-on so punter. I, okay, my apologies. Right. Didn't, didn't get any playing time, but, you know, that, that, that all-important scout team punter role that, <laughs> that happens in practice each week, he was in charge of. You No doubt about it. He wore the gold helmets there. I mean, what do you got to say? But he was also the CEO of um, the PGA Tour uh, and a, a very uh, high position with NBC Sports. And, you know, there's I've been to Notre Dame games, Nick, and there's very few logos you see in that whole place, and one of them is NBC. So uh, this connection between uh, Pete and the athletic department at Notre Dame, it seems to go hand in hand. Yeah, and I think it's... It, it doesn't guarantee anything, right? I, I, it, it's just because he makes the transition from NBC to Notre Dame doesn't mean that that TV contract that's up here in, a, in just over a year is going to necessarily be renewed. But it sure as heck seems like it helps with the possibility of that. The strong connections both at the university and at NBC Sports, that's only going to probably, I, there's a couple of people that have written it, you would think that that keeps it strong, keeps that bond strong. Obviously, NBC this past offseason signed a massive deal with the Big Ten, and Big Ten Saturday night's going to become a thing on NBC this coming fall. So that will be interesting to see how Notre Dame kind of gets treated versus the rest of the Big Ten when, when it's Ohio State and Penn State playing in a marquee matchup or whichever it might be playing late on a Saturday night, how that kind of gets treated because – there is some frustration, I know, with that relationship a little bit with Notre Dame in that just two years ago, you had Mike Tirico on these games, and it felt the part of bigness when Mike Tirico's there. Then this past year, Jack Collinsworth comes in, and if that's not nepotism at the absolute fullest, I don't know what exactly is. I mean, it, it took away kind of that bigness feel. You have a big-time announcer in Tirico, one of the most established guys. He's done that Monday Night Football. He's done marquee events, and then he goes away for, oh, Chris Collinsworth's son that doesn't, okay, he went to Notre Dame, but it, it, it took away some of the bigness. So that's kind of an interesting part there. I am curious how this TV contract works out, because I think that that's your, that's, that's your tell of if Notre Dame, if independence is going to be remaining with Notre Dame football for the foreseeable future. It's all about what money they can establish te- television revenue-wise. And obviously, you get an expert in handling TV deals, college sports deals, professional sports deals, in Bivacqua getting this job. Yeah, you're totally spot on with that one, Nick. Nothing against him, but Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett doing Notre Dame games does feel a little bit different than Mike Tirico, and that is a part of this turning point. I would imagine that part of this, too, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine part of this, too, might come from... Notre Dame, it seemed like Notre Dame didn't get as much as it wanted last time, and now you have somebody that knows both sides of the contract negotiations where he might be able to say, "You got, I, I know how much you guys can offer us, and trying to really push Notre Dame back to the place that it's trying to get to. Yeah, I think that's an interesting part. Not, and Notre Dame also, for I know you guys carry Notre Dame games radio-wise, but for those that watch on TV... There's been, for the last couple of years, there's been one game a year that's either aired on USA Network, which is part of NBC, NBC-owned, or on Peacock, the app. So then you have to pay your $5 or $6 for a month of Peacock in order to watch Notre Dame, usually against the lesser opponent. For instance, this year, the game on Peacock is against Central Michigan. Nobody expects that to be competitive. Should be a blowout. 
then again, everyone thought that the Marshall game last year was going to be a blowout as well, so no guarantees on any of that. But what I think is interesting uh, is, is where does Notre Dame kind of look at this and where do they necessarily draw the line? This is totally me, and, I, and this is one of my thoughts I've had for a little bit of time now in terms of the TV deal. But since the Big Ten and NBC signed a huge deal this, this past year, and Kevin Warren, before he left for the Chicago Bears, signed off on that with the Big Ten as the commissioner. But looking at this, could Notre Dame football, instead of being one game a year that's on Peacock, could it be a pay-per-view service? Could it be a, wow. you want to watch Notre Dame football home games, all right, well, that's going to cost you, we'll say, $2 a game, so $12 for the year. Would that be something that is able, I wonder if that's something that Notre Dame fans would say, you know what, I'm okay with paying that 12 bucks or 15 bucks or 20 bucks for the season if Notre Dame keeps their independence, even if I have to watch the game on my phone or watch the game on an app, because you're seeing more and more people going to streaming services, and obviously that would be, well, be one way to kind of combat it. Now, how many sales they would be able to generate off of that, I do not know. I, I don't even have a rough estimate on it, but it's just an idea and kind of a, what I think is a little bit of a forward-thinking way of kind of to keep their best of both worlds type situation. Nick Shipkowski with us here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. He's the managing editor for Irish Wire, part of the USA Today Network covering Notre Dame, and he's with us on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. So if, if you had to pick one one thing, one one thing that happened under the Jack Swarbrick regime, Nick, that would fall under the category of his legacy at Notre Dame, what would it be? Well, I mean, I think, and if it's down to one thing, that's tough. I think that you have a spot right now, you feel very good about the three biggest coaches at Notre Dame, and that is the head football coach, the head basketball coach, and the women's head basketball coach. I think the two basketball coaches you feel great, absolutely great about. He was in charge of those hires. Marcus Freeman in a situation that I, I, Swarbrick probably, maybe he didn't see it coming the way it did, but he saw writing on the wall that Kelly was at least interested in kind of kicking the tires elsewhere. So I don't think he was blindsided necessarily by that. But in terms of the hires he made at the marquee coaching jobs there, I, what can you argue against? I mean, even when he was the guy that hired Brian Kelly, after Notre Dame had been, for the better part of roughly, what, 15 years or so, that had been just an afterthought. Charlie Weiss had a couple of good years. Bob Davey was a dud. Tyrone Willingham was a dud. It was a little bit above 500 program when Brian Kelly took it over. Swarbrick made that hire. It was a home run hire. I know Notre Dame fans have the ill taste in their mouth from the way that Kelly left, but there's no doubt what he did to that program. He turned it back into a national competitor and a team that was, regularly competing for college football playoff appearances, that was a hire of Swarbrick. Um, Iron Neely Ivy is a women's basketball coach. Uh, you look at what she's done recruiting-wise, it's tough to replace her a legend. Look at like Tennessee's women's basketball, for example. They've not been anywhere near the same since Pat Summit uh, um, got sick and then ended up um, leaving that job. And Ultimately, Tennessee basketball hasn't been the same here the last 10 years or so. Notre Dame seems like they're on the track right there. And in terms of he maintained Mike Bray, maybe saw him out the door when struggles really hit here in the last few years. But you can't argue with that hire whatsoever. It's a guy in Micah Shrewsbury that has big-time connections. His entire career before Penn State was pretty much spent either in the NBA with the Boston Celtics or at a, at a college in, in the state of Indiana, and he had success of each of one of those. You feel good about those. So I think those that's a huge thing. 
And the other huge one I look at is the 2020 football season. College football-wise, if Jack Swarbrick doesn't get on the phone, get in touch with the ACC, say, hey, we're going to put the ACC logo on our uniforms, we're going to participate in your league this year, he doesn't do that. Remember where we were at. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten had already canceled their season. Right. Wilbert doesn't make that move. You're looking at a 2020 season that probably doesn't happen in college football. There you go. Well, thank you for the latest, Nick. Yeah, we do carry Notre Dame football and basketball here. I appreciate the update on the AD situation and also giving us a little bit of insight into the football and basketball program, all the programs over there. That's why we come to you, Nick. Thank you so much for joining us here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team in Albuquerque. That's Nick Shepkowski.